wisdom And here comes the truth And here comes your favorite podcast Always still made for you So, do you guys know about honey traps? Honey traps? About bears? You trap a bear in the forest? Pretty much. So there's catfishing and honey traps And both of them I'm going to talk about I have no idea, uh, but okay, yeah The University of Michigan has come out and said that they've purposely catfished five of their athletes to teach them a lesson about social social networking. So I was just brainstorming ideas how I would catfish you guys to teach you guys a lesson. You know, so get some here comes some wisdom groupie. And uh so how you I I don't think it would be that hard. All I'd do is take a cute girl picture, make a Twitter account, and direct message Trevor and go, Hey, I've got this uh bootleg video of Springsteen factory concert from mm-hmm. 1978 they were going to close down the factory and Springsteen and the boys said ah not on our watch not if we play all night so they went into said factory and put on a concert for all the workers and then the union busters came in and Clarence Clemens and Steven Van Zandt <laughs> threw them <laughs> off the stage themselves you down come over to my house Trevor would be like go ahead Trevor would be like yep what time <laughs> I'd show up for That's some lemonade with Chris Hansen <laughs> That's all it would take. That's all it would take. And Brent. And what do you think? What do you think with Brent? How how some honey, some Twitter honey would uh, take to catfish him? What do you think it would be? How would you get Brent? Yeah, with one message. How could you get Brent to just fall head over heels in love with you? In one message is that part of this one whole- message? Yeah, because that's the one message to you about the Springsteen bootleg factory concert from 1978. That's all it would take to get you. I think. So how could we get Brent? One message. It's going to be offensive. <laughs> okay, Carter, what do you think of me? I just had... I thought we could get together and talk about how infinite space is. Not as good as the spring state. I thought, space come over, I'm just wearing some sweet, like, old Charles Barkley sneakers or something. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else. Uh, nice. The best man in my wedding. He has two classic pairs of Charles Barkley. CB4 <laughs> shoes. Amazing. So that's catfishing. But let's get into honey trapping here. So we talked... Trevor and I had talked about Bubba Love Sponge before with Hogan. Hey? How he let Hogan sleep with his wife and made a sex tape of it and oh, tried to explain so Hogan. So Bubba the Love Sponge is striking back. He called this rival Tampa Bay DJ who goes by the name of MJ Schnitt. MJ is, is his nickname. I, I don't think it stands for Michael Jordan. I think it's a play off the rules of DJ. So he called MJ Schnitt's wife a whore live on radio. And MJ did not take, <laughs> did not like that one bit. Your wife so is a whore. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, Bubba, uh, your wife may be the definition of a whore because you're sort of pimping her out to sleep with your friends to try to exploit them for money. <laughs> Anyways, so MJ did not like that. Actually, and, uh, yeah. He that's- sued him. It's kind of the de- kind of the definition, but takes one to no one, I guess. So MJ sued uh, Bubba the Love Sponge for defamation, and he didn't have much of a case because uh, you know MJ is a public figure, and you, you do the First Amendment, you're allowed to say whatever you want about a first uh, about you know a public figure. So, anyways, went to trial, and Bubba wasn't really sure that he had this locked up, so. He had to uh, go to some extreme measures. So MJ Schnitt's legal team was at a bar. Just, you know, a couple drinks after the office. No big deal. Except this uh, 
this cute lady comes in to the bar and starts buying all the legal team drinks. And she's, you know, totally hitting on them, just all over them, probably just like sitting on their laps, drinking beer with them. And then she tells the head lawyer, can you drive my car? Meet me at my place. I'll take a cab. You take my car to my place. And so the lawyer's like, ooh, sounds good. Like, this young girl's all interested in me. Uh, Unfortunately, he didn't get that far. As soon as he pulled out of the parking lot, cops pulled him over, gave him the breathalyzer, DUI. Poor guy, right? His chance to make it with a younger woman. Yeah, turns out um, that cute girl, paralegal at Bubba the Love Sponge's lawyer's office. That's just well played. Well played. The cops are like, "Is this your? Is this your car, young woman?" She's like, "Yes." And is this suitcase in the back seat yours too? Yes. So she got the suitcase. Guess what was in? Guess whose suitcase it actually was? MJ Schnitz, head lawyer's suitcase containing all the case files against Bubba the Love Sponge. It's Bubba the Love Sponge legal well, that's team. That's not legal. That's lying to say that something's <laughs> that's yours. That's that should be illegal. <laughs> it's in your car though. It's, it's all yours. Doesn't mean so, you own uh, it. Oh, I don't like this. Don't like it one bit. So Bubba got off. Bubba, he he won that case because he had all the the legal files. So that's called the honey trap. It seems to be happening more and more. So look out, look out. If you if you're like the six year old dude and this twenty year old's hitting on you, it's probably good to be true. Too good to be true. Hey, you never know. <laughs> you got sometimes you got to take that chance, right, Trevor? Sometimes you got to take that chance. <laughs> I guess I guess that's the whole point of To Catch a Predator. This is probably too good to be true, but you got to take that chance. That's not the whole point of To Catch a Predator. No? No, it's no? not a thing. Oh, God. It's not a thing? If that's the moral you no. get from that show is that no. you got to take chances that's once in a while. What <laughs> <laughs> Regrets. I've had a few. But then again, too few to mention. (laughs) (laughs) Who sings that? Danko Jones? What? Sinatra? My way? Okay, you don't listen to the old episodes. That was like episode 20 where it's like regrets of had my share. And you're like, no, it's regrets of had a few. I was like, no, I was singing the Danko Jones song. What are you singing? You're like, Frank Sinatra? (laughs) I don't go and then back I was like, and listen to our repertoire. And then, then uh, yeah. Quite as much, yeah. <laughs> if ever. Okay, with all these uh, asteroids hitting Russia and getting a bit scared here, I went online to uh, try to see how we can defend against these, uh, these th- interstellar threats. And, uh, of, of course, the most common way is to actually go out into space okay. and uh, oh. strap a rocket to it and give it a little bit of a nudge. Yeah, it just needs a little push. A little backpack. Just some convincing. Get, go on, get out of here. <laughs> give us some books, new binders, scissors, crayons. <laughs> just be on your merry way. Anyways, so that's the most basic way. And I, I like this other way that uh, has been come up. And it is to paint one half of the asteroid white. So doing so deflects sunlight and in turn shifts the path of the asteroid. So 
I don't know. The, I like that. Yeah, it's, it's economical. <laughs> space, pa- space painters. <laughs> oh, send Ash, send our friend Ash out there. You, you know, guys who like underwater welders. There's somebody even more extreme than underwater welding now in the world, and it's space painters. Oh, that'd be a sweet movie. It's just a bunch of guys with brushes covered in aluminum foil. The problem with uh, painting an asteroid is the the volume of paint required. You need a these kilometer, these asteroids are a kilometer wide. That's not a lot. A kilometer? It's quite a bit. That's a lot of paint. Think of uh, that's as much as you if if you spread out the il- if you spread out the inside of an apartment building, every wall in an apartment building, and covered the ground, I bet you that'd be a, a kilometer. <laughs> All the surface area of every. If you took every okay, wall okay, and an entire. Compl- yeah, the whole complex. The whole okay, complex. complex. Yeah. Yeah, so that's Gosh. about as much paint as painting one apartment. Uh, thousand square feet, big apartment. Time. You know how fun that'd be, space painting? I can't believe you're missing the chance for just some extreme paintballing with cannonballs or something. <laughs> that seems much more practical. Welcome to Masterpiece Wisdom, a chance for us to look back on those unaired segments that we recorded between October 2010 and our debut in February 2011. Every now and then, we will unearth one of these classic episodes from the Wisdom Vault. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy. Okay, Trevor, start it off. What's your hate? What do you hate this week? What's got your blood boiling? What am I supposed to start? Oh, geez, Carter, you're really giving me a cue here. Uh, right into this. Okay, well, this is what, if, any, if anybody knows me, uh, you know that I uh, I have a certain love, as Brent would say, for, for calendars, right? Uh, there's no doubt about that. So, but, but I also have a certain hate for calendars. Uh, more so, what's that? You say you love calendars, would that mean like buying like pretty pictures of calendars that's not what i think of uh yeah no that's not what i do no i i have a unique i have a gift i would say i I think my mother said it was a gift actually she's never known about this but i can divide any piece of paper into seven pieces with a line like you wouldn't believe i can make a calendar out of anything give me a napkin i can divide it into seven and then continue to make you a calendar i love making calendars like i love it I lo- it's one of my favorite things to do. I don't know why. Like Not a, with a ruler. A Sometimes if I get calendar or like a weekly calendar. I, you know what, Carter? That when you have a gift like I do, <laughs> you could make a week calendar. You could make a two week calendar. You could make. I made a calendar that was six months. I made a six month calendar on one piece of paper. Now, are February calendars the hardest to make? No, Is there no, it doesn't. Doesn't matter. I Not can the slightest challenge. No, it doesn't. Ma- I I can. You give me a paper, I can make a calendar out of it. Mm. So I make a lot of calendars. And that was, it, it, as a matter of fact, the one time it really was always handy was in teaching because you always wanted to put your due dates on the board and you wanted to put all. So instead of just writing them down on a list, I'd always make a big calendar so that everybody had like no 
you know, there was no like way you could deny like what day it was and when it was and what was due and what we were doing on a certain day. So I'd always use a whole chalkboard and make it into a calendar. And uh, the one, the, the one, the one piece of uh, grief I always got is that is that my calendar started on Mondays, and apparently people can't wrap their heads around this <laughs> concept, and it drives me insane. Okay, if you were. What day of a week does the calendar start on? Monday. <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay. No, really. But it actually starts on Sunday. Yeah. No, calendars start on Sunday. It's called a weekend for a reason, I think. No, like, no, what no, what the hell is that? Why? There's, there is no reason in the world for calendars to start on a Sunday. Can you give me one reason? Uh, everyone knows that God finished creating the earth on the last day, the seventh day, Sunday. Yeah, so that should be the last day. Even It even says like in the Bible, which is oh. that that uh, it, it says the seventh day, right? It says that they even call it like the seventh day, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven is it at the end, right? Like, so even if you're going all biblical, it's still the, the last day of the week. And then if you think about it like, Saturday, Sunday, that's called the weekend, which means it's at the end of the week. I, I've always had a problem with like, and I'd, I'd make a calendar and I'd give it to someone with like a rehearsal schedule or something. And then they'd like be so confused and they'd be like, I don't understand this. Like, what's the matter? What, why is that day here? And it's like, you can't read. I don't, oh, God. doesn't that make sense? Am well, I crazy? To, to summarize, you don't hate calendars. It's just the same as always. You hate people. <laughs> that's about it but no it's just it doesn't make any sense it i love making calendars and all of my calendars start on mondays well i've also i've also made a new favorite calendar which is a post-it note it, it's it, it i make it in i divide it into two and make a two-day calendar and I, I really like the way that feels it feels pretty good gives you a lot of length a lot of length for the days you know because if you just do a post-it note with a calendar for one day on it, like just what you're going to do, a to-do list, it's just too much space hanging off on the right. So if you divide that into two, you get a little more productivity and vision out of it. I'm insane. I kind of uh, use calendars. I write in a calendar every day, a pocket calendar. And I call it my log. It's actually, some people may call it a diary, but I actually write everything I did that day. And it goes back for 11 years now just about <laughs> what yes but you don't do like but you write in a tiny else. little calendar it's a pocket calendar that my dad gets from work every year and how big is it um it fits in your pocket it's his little black book kind of like a pocket organizer kind of like an agenda kind of like a little yeah mini agenda. smaller though but then okay. you only get to write the highlights in there while the full list of everything you did, that's so on you, the computer. So, so you couldn't... Digital copies. You couldn't... Wait, wait, wait. What, wait. What, what, wait. Whoa. You have a double diary? I, I keep both. And the computer one will is pretty hardcore. Like, um, see, I went and saw a baseball game earlier this year. Well, you go to baseballreference.com. And you copy paste the weather, the attendance, the score, the inning, the strikeouts by the leadoff hitter, and you know it's 
it's pretty intense. It's a comprehensive. So you take history. every you 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 scour the internet for like information that happened to you that's relative, and then you paste it into a document for that day. Yes, even baseball games that I attended in like two thousand have retroactively gone back and. Uh, have you got full it. access to this right now? Yeah, I do because like it's because you never okay, know. Okay, September eleventh, like, two thousand one, Carter. <laughs> Open that up. You have to see what was important on September eleventh, two thousand one. Do it, Carter. Okay. Well, actually, it's it's more complete in 2002, it starts. But I, I could go back. But it, it's good to have because, say, in 1998, I went and saw I went to Seattle to see, like, the Mariners play. And I only really remember Ken Griffey Jr. and stuff. But then you go to Baseball oh. Reference, and it turns out a young man named Alex Rodriguez was on the team. That's, you know, the highest paid athlete ever now. He's a big famous guy. And it's like, hey, I saw A-Rod play. So it's good for that. But you didn't even know you saw him play. Well, I did, but and no, was... you had no clue. You were like, so, so you, you basically like make your memory better than you actually remember it being. True, but I knew who I knew A Rod and stuff, but I forgot that I saw him because you know I associate him with the Yankees and the Rangers, not so much where he started his career. What's okay. going to actually be terrifying is while Carter's looking up some old stuff, <laughs> if you can transfer this onto one of those um, visual search engines where like words pop up you know talk different size words for like different importance yeah more things that come up more commonly that would be absolutely terrifying and see what like the reoccurring themes of carter's lives are yes. lives. well if you like playing nhl 95 with you guys or or watching 20 okay okay now let me get so i thought i was crazy <laughs> wow okay so well, it, it's you good. take you take in your in your daily pocket diary, you only put the really, the really important stuff. Well, the pocket diary has gone a bit by the wayside. It's the last three years hasn't been filled out. But uh, like for lunch at work the other day, I would bring a pocket bi- diary and then go. Oh, good! The I area. thought you were gonna write what you ate for lunch. <laughs> oh. No, Jason. it has to be pretty special to write that down. Has to be a very good lunch. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. Like a big crunch combo. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, but no, it's good because then when you sort of read through one, you get back into your mindset of say 2005, and you can make decisions as 2005 Carter would make probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So you learn to think as your past self. You sort of do. <laughs> oh, Carter, that's creepy. So do you have the date pulled up? Which one? September 11th. I said it's not as complete as others. Okay, well, so, let's give us let's give I you another go, day then. I can go by memory on that one. Okay, okay. Yeah. So tell, me, tell me more complete day, 2002. And I'll... Okay, well, how about 2004, June 27th? June 27th, 2004. Let's do it. Okay. My guess, so it's in June... So at the end of would you have been in summer? Would you have been in summer classes or working? Okay, so Just I work. Oh, well, here's a little here. bit of clues. So we can see if we can sit. Oh, okay, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. No, I like it. Like, give us some clues. Give I was look. okay. I was back in our hometown. Okay, and don't tell. So he's so played basketball. No, I've only got two on this date. What I did, it's not two. You were probably working for the green team. No, I never. I was working at Safeway, twelve till six. I worked six hours in the produce sections. 
what else what else did you got for that day it was election day federal oh. election yeah so I voted. Election. yeah what did, what did you do the next day carter the next day oh willie came over and then joel came <laughs> over <laughs> but then then a few days later was uh july 1st and that is uh i helped jeff and his dad put the boat launch in i went boating with mitch jeff carly and davis we listened to Oh, yeah. Then uh, I went to the fair with Janelle Darcy Tyson. And then we watched the Dead Flowers win the country band contest at Country Fest at the fair. <laughs> and then uh, we went up to the hilltop and watched the Dead Flowers win again. Which And then there's a little Astrotech CDVD that I could bring up. <laughs> and then I could bring up all that stuff. You know, Carter, what day was this? Actually what watched, was this? Like, it was July 1st, 2004. July 1st. And so I could actually bring up the videos and stuff and i'm working on a system so it actually has a link <laughs> in the word document that i like watch the dead flowers win country band contest at the fairgrounds click and then you're watching the hour-long movie of them playing because that's on the computer too you know so who are the dead flowers it's your band <laughs> <laughs> you kyle jamie because jamie was playing my guitar that day podcast alumni jamie yeah that's right oh wow Gladys Paul was out there in Open G. Oh, geez. I didn't write that you picked it up the day before. You should retroactively put that you in. You should retroactively say Trevor picked up my guitar this day. Jamie picked up. Okay. Brent, um, how much do you love this? It's, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like, you know, it's, it's good because it feels like, you know, wow, I'm 25 already. My life has passed me by. What have I done? And then you look can at you do a control, like, yeah. Can you just do a control F for Brent? See what happens in 2000. If I'm even in there anytime, or is it all different? Are they all different files? Well, we weren't really hanging out in 2005, no, 2004. It's, no, um, but is it, is it all one big file or is it separate? It's separated by years. Okay, you need to merge <laughs> all of them together and then be able to search it randomly. Like, we well, can pick things and search. Through your life here we go first time i ever really hung out with brent was <laughs> <laughs> july july 15th of i what uh, year 2005 that day i carved my telecarter guitar that i built i carved the oh. headstock at uh remillard's dad's place <laughs> <laughs> this is the oh best never best. mind this isn't it then I played beach volleyball at tennis courts with Jeff, Trevor, Brent, and Bree. I have pictures of that. But then the second time was oh. I was working in Safeway in, as a cashier, and uh, Trevor and Brent came through my till. And Trevor's like, we're celebrating. Brent got a <laughs> Isn't that great? I'm like, I guess so. I don't really know this Brent character. Yep. Did I ever come by your till with a shirt of a dead old person? <laughs> I don't think so. Hmm. No, I wonder who that was. I thought that was you. <laughs> there was a day when we found a shirt of a dead guy. So we drove around to different stores in town trying to get the smell out of it with different fabric products. Mm -hmm. And we're like taping it. I thought that was you, Carter. But So what, what I'm seeing here is... Pretty much, potentially, we could use this whenever we want mm -hmm. for for our own purposes. <laughs> so, yeah, so we could basically call up days. Yeah. 
pretty much. We're going to use this, Carter. Sounds good. Yeah, this one might be a bit messy. But there's some good stuff in there, but it's something to something that can be planned around for sure. Well, different days of Carter's lives. Yeah. Yep. Or psychology this... of a, cra- a complete crazy <laughs> person. Monday.